Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 17th. It's five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off today. Ethan Hatcher is filling in for us. Ethan... I'm warning everybody. We're about to talk about Donald Trump. Last oh time you were in here, things got heated. Yeah. Are you going to yell at me too? <laughs> I don't know. Depends on what you have to say. Uh-oh. All right. So uh, Donald Trump showing up in New York City today for the ongoing $250 million civil fraud trial. And also, and this was where things might get heated, a federal judge issued a gag order on Donald Trump limiting what he can say about Jack Smith who's in charge of that prosecution against him about the his attempt to the 2020 election you know yeah. okay don't cool. sa- don't say anything ethan so the order restricts trump's ability to publicly target court personnel potential witnesses and of course jack smith and his staff which you know he wants to go straight over to his truth social and say what's on his mind but there's a gag order now donald so trump and his lawyer should be thanking that judge because a gag order on donald trump can only be beneficial to him his mouth is the biggest thing that has the propensity to land him in trouble in the beginning in the first place so somebody's putting up a boundary for him good it's probably gonna work it's probably good for trump because he can't help himself himself, right he's gonna get himself into trouble otherwise he cannot help himself Uh, he's been in iowa he was there and he was giving lots of speeches and i think we should call this portion of the program let's review the things that were not a problem before biden took office oh casey we could be here all day <laughs> you know what somebody sent me a note and said who lies more donald trump or joe biden and i put it to you because i know you're the history buff and i said hey that's quite a project what do you think my opinion is it well it depends on what what you place is more important so like the sheer quantity of lies, because I think if we're going by quantity of lie, it's Donald Trump because he's all over the social media. He's all over the television. Is that a lie or is it an exaggeration? It depends on what what statement you're talking about with Trump. But let's, you know, let's just go with a broad categorization of lies. But most of them were in my estimation, pretty innocuous, like overall, like when he's saying, oh, I, you know, uh, finish the war in one day type stuff. You snap my fingers and it'd be done. Or like when he says that he's polling at 80 percent. Right. Or, you know, the size of his crowd. Like that's these are things that do not harm you or I. The quality of lies, I would go to the Biden administration Mm -hmm. because the Biden administration's lies are wholesale far more damaging to the American population. So what do you value more, quantity or quality? I think quality is more important here so Biden would probably be the worst liar but he's not he, I mean they they have to do everything to keep Biden out of the spotlight mm-hmm. so he just doesn't have the same kind of quantity you know he's not doing those helicopter pressers every single day like the Trumpster was well no in fact he's only done 13 mm-hmm. in his first 1000 days in office and we're going to get to that coming up but let's hear from Donald Trump while he was in Iowa he's asking the same thing that I've been wondering still Whose cocaine was it? <laughs> Whatever happened to the cocaine they found in the White House? What was that? That was weird. <laughs> Through a presidential entrance. We found massive amounts of cocaine, but we don't know whose it is. 
I think I know whose it is, you think? <laughs> but he, he can't put two sentences together. Well, he dithers around and he illegally attacks his political opponent, me. He attacks his political opponent. I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone in the list. They all happen so fast, too. <laughs> These are very important things, but still. How come they never, you know, oh, we're never going to find out whose it was. That quickly got swept under the rug. Well, you know, it was because there was a blind spot in the security uh, system, Casey. They just didn't have cameras that were pointed Mm -hmm. that particular cubby Mm -hmm. right next to, what was it, the Situation Room? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was under construction. Sure, exactly. Okay, so Trump goes on and he says that his personality kept us out of war. My personality kept us out of war. We didn't have any wars. I was the first one in, I think they say, 76 years. We won wars and we brought them back. We defeated ISIS. ISIS was supposedly going to be like four years to beat them. I did it in four weeks, less than four weeks. And we got 100% of the ISIS caliphate. I remember when I got, I was at 99% and the media, the fake news back, ooh, that's a lot of news. It's a lot of fake news. But they were saying, uh, don't, uh, he's leaving before he completes the task. I said, can Russia, can Iran, can Iraq, which, by the way, is sort of Iran, if you want to know the truth. Another great move by a certain politician who probably ranks right up there with, nobody ranks, by the way, close to the one we have now. But we've had some pretty bad ones. I'll tell you, the happiest president in history right now is Jimmy Carter. Because I would say he was a brilliant president by comparison to crooked Joe Biden. I would say Jimmy Carter was a magnificent, brilliant. He was George Washington compared to this guy. But he's a happy man. That's good. When I'm back in the Oval Office, we will cut off every penny of money that we send to the Palestinians and the terrorists on day one. Okay, so he's saying Jimmy Carter's happy because on many, many rankings, Jimmy Carter falls to the bottom. Well, he, he replaced Jimmy Carter on my presidential ranking, remember? Right, exactly. Biden has surpassed mm-hmm. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Carter. Um, and I think, in many ways, uh, this Israeli conflict could be his analogy to uh, the, the hostage situation in Iran, the hostage crisis of the Carter administration. And, Casey, you know I'm loath to do this. I have many criticisms of the former president, but... When he's right, he's right. He was dead accurate on all counts there. I think that Donald Trump, his personality, would have staved off conflict in the Middle East. And notice how the Democrats, they often like to project. Pre-Trump presidency, some of the warnings were, oh, this guy is going to embroil us in World War III. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that one of the best things legacy-wise, that Donald Trump did for the Republican Party was shift the base away from the world police mentality that was so prevalent in the Bush administration. George Bush, you know, of course, war hawk. Donald Trump was more like a peace hawk. You know, he he embodied that old, uh, uh, you know, mantra by uh, Teddy Roosevelt of speak softly and carry a big stick. Yes. He, you know, he kind of, um, he, he, he was very measured in his uh, foreign diplomacy, you know, often complimentary of leaders that uh, the you know the 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 Democrats criticized, but 
He projected strength and staved off conflict. He began the process of removing us from Afghanistan. He didn't get us involved in more conflicts abroad. And his personality, his, you know, his his crazy energy, uh, for better or for worse, did keep the Middle East at bay. And when he sent Jared Kushner out and got several Middle Eastern peace deals where they recognized the statehood of Israel was a huge win. So I... I totally agree with Trump in his statement there. And he was also right in his assertion that Joe Biden has definitely surpassed Jimmy Carter as one of the worst presidents Mm -hmm. in recent memory. Okay, so Donald Trump, he's been championing a ban on immigrants from Muslim majority countries, promising to expand the policy if he's elected to the White House. And here he is talking about foreign policy some more. But most importantly, we will keep the radical Islamic terrorists the hell out of our country, like I did for four years. Like I did for four years, I kept them out, right? I wouldn't have said it. I told you I wouldn't have said it in three and a half years. I wouldn't have said it one month short. I didn't want I didn't want to talk about it. But right after we got out, I said, for four years, you had no problem. The atrocities in Israel are a horrific reminder that immigration security is truly national security. It really is. It's national security. We have people coming into our country now that are the same people in many cases as did what they did two weeks ago in Israel. The purpose of U.S. immigration law is not to protect the world. It's to protect the United States of America. We have to protect our own country. Okay, it is 15 minutes after 10. We could play a lot more from Donald Trump because he just has a lot more to say. Like, He's like the Energizer button. Well, he, he, he went on, on to say on. we have uh, war in Europe, war in the Middle East because we have the weakest and most incompetent president in American history. And he says that uh, all of Joe Biden's problems begin with I. We're going to get to that later in the show. But approximately 2,000 U.S. troops were placed on prepare to deploy orders in the Middle East. Oh, We've got two aircraft carriers had that way we've got the uh ford which is the big bad mamma jamma and you've also got the eisenhower on its way to the mediterranean if it's not there already i'm sure a lot of that is a precursor to biden's trip let's make sure we have some ships in the area but that's just being prepared for any eventuality uh don't go freaking out or anything like that likely those troops are ready in case the hostages need to be rescued it's completely reasonable to have people on standby in this situation i suppose but i would be very cautious about the united states over eagerness to involve itself in foreign affairs and foreign wars just like they've done Mm -hmm. with the ukrainian war uh funneling billions of dollars of taxpayer money into support their infrastructure i feel like with the strength of friendship that exists diplomatically between israel and the united states there is more impetus to involve ourselves militarily and i am incredibly Uh, concerned by that possibility we've had enough of that so biden has hit 1000 days in office and let's break it down for you he spent 300 of those days in delaware or on holiday 89 days at camp david 74 days overseas and he has 
held only 13 solo press conferences and in the meantime repeatedly tripping over himself. Now, when Trump was in office, it was all about how often Trump plays golf. And when Bush was in office, it was always about his vacations. And here we have Joe Biden, who is the single worst offender, and not a word about this from the mainstream media. More than 40% of his presidency has been spent out of office on vacation. And you know the scary thing, Casey? Yeah. The country would be in a much better place if it was 100%. 100%, exactly. <laughs> if the media were railing on his vacation schedule like they did his predecessor, he would most likely take less. You'd, you'd think he would take less. But I, I feel like the media is not holding him accountable. Journalists. Oh, you think? They love. <laughs> Understatement ju- of the year. Well, journalists, they love to profess how they're the only profession that's mentioned in the Constitution, right? They have these freedoms, uh, freedom of the press, yet they're not using their platform for their own accountability. And one last thing before we get into break, um, Joe Biden's campaign has joined Truth Social. Are they doing this just to troll Trump? I mean, like, did Biden? Biden went Trump. <laughs> when, did this, sounds, when did this happen? Just yesterday. This sounds like something Trump would have done to Biden. <laughs> yes. But now Biden yes. is doing it to Trump. <laughs> okay, well, you know, uh, get, get, uh, chalk up one win to whoever's running uh, his social media team. That's funny. That's funny. That's almost as funny as Joe Hawk's not running ads on this station. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Who are you reaching? What audience? <laughs> He's trolling. It is 18 after 10. It's Ken. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 22 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is out today. Ethan Hatcher is filling in. So yesterday, Ethan, Rob and I, we had a discussion about Victoria Sparts Mm -hmm. and her her voting uh, record for the Speaker of the House. Of course, you know, she voted. Somewhat contradictory record. Yeah, she voted (laughs) present and then she voted for Kevin McCarthy. And 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 then now she's not sure if she wants to support Jordan. What a confusing woman. So this is. Make up your mind. Let's let's do a little flashback to yesterday. I mean, we have to go all the way back in time to yesterday. And this is how it went down. You know who uh, really is annoying and obnoxious, Casey? <laughs> who, Rob? <laughs> Victoria Sparks. Oh, my gosh. Is this lady just the most insufferable person you've ever seen or heard? Okay, so she's uh, souring on her support for Jim Jordan, So let's too. remind everybody what Victoria Sparks did during the McCarthy debacle. Mm-hmm. She voted present. present. She didn't vote against... She voted present. She gives this big old speech about how basically she didn't say it like this, but what she was trying to get people to think is I'm against McCarthy, but she's such at her core an actual establishment stooge that she won't vote against him. She votes present, then backs McCarthy Mm -hmm. when they were voting to get rid of McCarthy. So think about this. Not only did she not vote against McCarthy the first time, she consents to McCarthy's governance after days after she'd gone on with Tony Katz and given some bizarre psycho babble interview, which, look, I get that she's hard to understand anyway, but I was driving home saying, 
I'm about as informed on this stuff as anybody, and I have no idea where this woman is or what she's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he he goes on for a while. Yeah, I, I was listening to this segment at work yesterday. It was hilarious then as it is now. Okay, so that was yesterday. <laughs> then late yesterday afternoon, she sent out a press release. Oh, and, did she change her mind again? Well, okay, she said, I did vote for Kevin McCarthy reluctantly in January after moving to present to express my dissatisfaction when he tried to intimidate conservatives on the floor into voting for him. I also reluctantly decided not to vacate him regardless of how I felt about his policy failures. I did not support Steve Scalise in conference, but publicly said I would support him on the first vote if goes to the floor. I asked Steve not to act tyrannically, as Kevin did, if he cannot get the vote in conference, which graciously he did. I voted to support Jim Jordan in conference, but what happened Friday night is unacceptable. Okay. What? So, can it, you break that? Can you break down that word? No, I could not follow no, her train of thought there. No, I cannot break it down for you because still, Because she has no point, Casey, because she has no point. She doesn't know what she wants to do. She's going where the wind she does blows. Need to step aside. Right. Going where the wind blows on this. And the Pick very. Pick a side. Pick a the, lane, lady. The very last sentence of the press release says that she would like to remind Jim. Jordan, that Republicans are not sheep and will refuse to support him if he will try to use the same McCarthy intimidation techniques on members of the floor, even if I have to run again so McCarthy and his friends have a chance to primary me. She now, before was threatening to quit, now is threatening to run again. (laughs) There's, Casey, you buried the lead. There's the lead. She's she's threatening to run again. That's funny. (laughs) So let's hear from Jim Jordan. He is uh, saying that they're going to vote today at noon, and uh, I think he's feeling pretty good about his chances. Mr. Jordan, how many votes are you willing to go through tomorrow? Are you going to just keep going? We need to get a speaker tomorrow. Um, The American people deserve to have their Congress, their House of Representatives working. Um, and you can't have that happen to get a speaker. So we need to do that. Plus, we need to be helping Keep our, our dearest friend again. and colleague, uh, our, our dearest friend and, and closest ally, uh, Israel. We need to help them as well. Keep There's going least, over and over again. Tomorrow, you expect multiple roll call Well, look, tomorrow? I felt good walking into the conference. I feel even better now. we got a few more people we want to talk to, listen to, uh, and then we'll have a vote tomorrow. There's a few more people that he has to talk to, that he has to listen to, behind a closed door. He's got to cut some deals. Right. Deals it, have to be struck. That's yeah. what's going mm-hmm. on. Handshakes yeah. are being made. Uh-huh. You know, all the, the dirty politics yeah. that is normally accustomed with choosing leadership. And look, at this point, I really don't care who they pick. They have to pick someone. And I'm a little perturbed at Matt Gates, who this is a theme for the show today, seems not to have learned one damn thing from the last go around. And oh, I don't know. Go, let's go. Oh, yeah, that's right. January mm-hmm. when he tried this exact same thing. And Jim Jordan didn't even want the job then. The Matt Gates coalition needed to have have a plan going in. I was really enthused and stoked. They got rid of that swamp creature, Kevin McCarthy. Cool. I think that's awesome. Let's see what they do with it. Oh, wait, they don't have a plan. Matt Gates didn't have a plan. And Jim Jordan at one point was uh, threatening to fold like a cheap suit and step aside. <laughs> so he clearly wasn't 
in on this. Matt Gates has not learned anything, and now the Republican Party has tomato on its face because we look like a bunch of nincompoop buffoons without a leadership, without a captain at the helm, without a captain at the ship. Well, we'll it see looks what, stupid. It we'll looks see dumb. What they, we'll see what they do at noon today. And we had a question in voicemails about Jim Jordan, and we're going to get to that coming up from 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The phone number 317-684-8444. It is time to hear from you. Questions, comments, smart remarks. It is your voicemails. 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. However, Rob has the day off today and Ethan Hatcher is filling in today. Thanks for coming in, Ethan. I'm always sad when Rob is away, but any excuse to come into WIBC is a good day. So I have kind of conflicted feelings about this. I'm happy to be with you. It's always Mm -hmm. a good time. (laughs) It's like a little palate cleanser every mm-hmm. now and then, is it not? Okay, so we're going to start off with some uh, voicemails and somebody called and asked, uh, it's been announced that Joe Biden is going to make a trip over to Israel and he's meeting with not just Benjamin Netanyahu, but he's going to meet with the uh, King of Jordan, the President of Egypt, and also a Palestinian authority person. And uh, so he's going to take this nearly 13 hour flight. We'll see if he can actually make it. But somebody called and had a question about that. Hey, I want to get you guys thoughts on um, Biden's trip to Israel. I know it's being like they keep saying that, uh, oh, it's so he can go over and you know show support for Israel. But is it really? <laughs> is that really what he's going to do? Because it, the Biden administration has already come out and kind of told Israel, like, you know, maybe they need to slow down their offensives. And Israel's kind of acting like, no, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to do this. We're, we're going to finish it this time. And now Biden's going over to Israel. Like, I don't know. It just seems like he might be trying to go over there to pressure them in person to slow their offensive, to delay their offensive, or maybe even encourage them to do some type of peace talk. I'm not sure. That's just kind of what I, the, the vibes I'm getting off of it. That it just seems like he's going to go over there and try to pressure, uh, pressure them to slow things down. Yes. Yeah. I don't. Well, I don't think he's incorrect in that mm-hmm. per, uh, perception. But mm-hmm. Biden could put couldn't put pressure on a marshmallow. So what kind of weight is he going to be throwing around? If anything, he's going to fall asleep like mid sentence in this negotiation. Oh, I think you should stop. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they announced this trip after more than seven hours of talks that Benjamin Netanyahu was having with the Secretary of State Blinken, and the Washington Post is reporting that the announcement was held back until the Israeli leadership agreed that corridors for humanitarian aid to enter Gaza was created. So is Biden going there to tell them to cool their jets? Yeah. Probably. (laughs) But at the same time, he's going to be asking for millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And he likes spending money. So... It's well, a little trillions bit of, of dollars, Casey. Yes, trillions. Okay, um, somebody called and had a comment. This is going back 
what, a week, a week and a half now since Momo the monkey was on the loose. Oh, in yeah, Indy. that's old hat. Yeah. Uh, it's like but, a couple of weeks old. But somebody had something to say about that. Hey guys, uh, love your show. I wanted to call and let you know, um, my sister uh, was listening to this podcast about Jim Jones, and she thought it was interesting, since I live in Indiana, that his ministry really started in Indianapolis. So she sent me this article from the Indianapolis Star back in 2018, and in that article, it talks about how he actually had a fundraiser where he would import monkeys and sell them as pets. So... I thought you guys would find that information fun that uh, Kevin's dad may have had a monkey from uh, Jim Jim Jones' Jones. own little fundraising (laughs) campaign. So anyway, love your show, and uh, hope you guys have a great day. Yeah, that's super interesting, and that makes a lot of sense because Jim Jones had his commune down in South America. Yeah. And the squirrel monkey that my dad had, that monkey comes from South America. So do you know where your dad got that monkey? Could it be a Jim Jones he, fundraiser monkey? So he got it from a family friend, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they got it, but it's very likely. Could be a cult monkey. I think so. <laughs> I think she, she's on to something there. Oh, boy, Kevin, I think you need to track this down, find out for sure yeah, yeah. where this monkey don't is from. Don't take any Kool-Aid that that monkey offers. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll make sure The monkey's to. not with us anymore, oh, yeah, is it? He's, he's long gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so somebody called yesterday, and they were ripping on Rob the way he pronounces the great state of Illinois. <sighs> And so we had a couple phone calls about that. Uh, most people on Rob's side. Okay, good. I was just listening to the podcast today, and the guy wants to be nitpicky about how Rob says Illinois instead of Illinois. And I uh, didn't know we had Hermione listening to the show. Wants to criticize how Rob says his words. Uh, don't let it bother you, and keep doing what you're doing, bro. Have a good one. Some good vibes for Rob Kendall today yeah, I mean, while he's ph- on vacation. Phonetically, there's such little differentiation between Illinois and Illinois that it's such a nitpicking little mm-hmm. gripe. Mm-hmm. This, what, what kind of time does this loser have in his day that he picked <laughs> that to make a, make a stink about? Somebody else called with some advice for Rob on his uh, pronunciation of Illinois. Hey, Rob. Concerning your pronunciation of Illinois, if you really want to get under that guy's skin, and I know that would be totally against your personality, but if you just wanted to one time, just call it Illinois. <laughs> With the S on the end. Well, sure, why not? Okay, somebody called. We've got the uh, Speaker of the House. Did, did he say Illinois or Felonoys? Because I thought Felonoys would be kind of funny. Felonoys? <laughs> yeah, like felonies. <laughs> uh, we just call them fibbers. That's what we there call we them. Yeah. Uh, so there's the Speaker of the House vote. It's happening at noon today. Jim Jordan, the nominee, somebody called and had a question about his current position. I know that Jim Jordan, I thought, was a head of a House committee that is trying to impeach mm-hmm. Biden, or O-Biden, as I call him, Judiciary. and going after Hunter Biden. I was wondering if he had to give up the position if he became the Speaker of the House. 
So it's the Judiciary Committee, mm-hmm. and you did some research on this. Yeah, had to look it up. Um, apparently, there is nothing constitutionally which would prevent him from retaining that role, and historically, there's some precedent for that, but it was a tradition which started to fall off in the ni- mid-19th century, so now the current tradition and rule of order is for the Speaker to step aside from their role in committee appointments, but constitutionally, there's no nothing standing between him and the speakership while still retaining that role in the committee. So he does inter- there's very little described in the constitution mm-hmm. about what responsibility or role the House Speaker actually has. So it's largely designated by the Congress and can change at any time. So although that is the established tradition, at Mm -hmm. least in modern history, again, nothing constitutionally to prevent him from changing that tradition. So he can keep it if he wants to. It's more of a tradition. The one thing we do know that the Speaker of the House does is uh, that person brings the agenda forward, which the representatives vote on. Huge amount of power. Yeah, and that's why there's all the backdoor deal because different people want their different things brought to the floor. Yeah, you really have startlingly little power as a representative of Congress because you can propose legislation all you want, but if it's not placed on the agenda and taken to a floor vote, it's going nowhere. So mm-hmm. you can, you know, essentially virtue signal to your constituency, but if you're if you're not in a position to influence the leadership and get that to a place where it is actually voted upon, then it's essentially worthless. And so that's why that's why who the speaker is is incredibly important and why I'm so disappointed in the Matt Gates coalition and not having like an established name or a game plan going forward because who is selected will determine the direction of the Republican Party for however long you know his tenure is of course we saw with Kevin McCarthy that was what nine months so mm-hmm. it might be short but it's incredibly important nonetheless Hammer's gonna look at the trillions he added Kevin McCarthy yeah Hammer's gonna join us in a few but before we get to that I wanted to bring this up um quickly. Overall spending on Halloween candy is expected to reach a record 12.2 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's there's an actual index of candy prices. I had no idea. So you know the uh consumer price index is up 3.7% year over year. Well the candy index is up 7.5% year over year. So have people lost their minds? When it comes to Halloween, I drove through Franklin, Indiana over the weekend. Every single house had massive decorations, inflatables, pumpkins, skeletons. You bring up an interesting point because uh, Halloween seems to be the like new Christmas kind of. It's a much bigger holiday now than I ever remember it being. Although I want to make a caveat there that, that being raised as a Jehovah's Witness, I was never allowed to participate in Halloween, so I didn't get to, to take the candy or wear the costumes or do any of that. But just from going out and about, mm-hmm. I seem to remember seeing a significantly less Halloween enthusiasm in like the '90s than there is now. Yeah, it's almost. It, it seems to me it's. Almost Almost to the point that Halloween has more decor than Christmas does. And I'm with you. There, there, it's a competition, for sure. I'm with you. When I was young, uh, Halloween was not something that we celebrated. It was... You got one little costume. You had one night to go trick-or-treating. I was with my older brother and older sister and my mom. And we would hit 
half a dozen houses and that was it the whole event lasted maybe an hour and it was over and done there weren't decorations around the house it wasn't the whole neighborhood wasn't lit up it wasn't this month-long thing it just keeps growing and growing and growing every single year they've done the same thing to christmas though where now christmas is the entire month of december and it's actually bleeding over into november and you know a little bit like we now get basically a month and a half christmas holiday it's a little grating and they're starting to do the same thing with Halloween because we're still like 15 days off from Halloween and all the decorations are up. People mm-hmm. are already doing the pumpkin things. You know, it's like another month long holiday and it's just it's too much. I guess you it's, it's a free country. You can spend your money on that decoration if you want to, but I'd rather buy antiques. It is 1044. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's 10.50. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher in for Rob Kendall today. And Hammer's in the studio from the number one rated Hammer and Nigel program. Hammer and Friends. That's what we've dubbed the program now. <laughs> Hammer and Friends. <laughs> poor Nigel. He doesn't know. Does oh, don't he? say poor Nigel because I say it right to his face, too. He's a fat drunk that never shows up to work, Casey. And he's out again today. Still on vacation. Is it vacation or is he on PTO? Is there a difference? Who I think cares? there's a difference. Either way, he's getting paid to take off. What a cushy gig. And yeah. again, I can call him a fat drunk because I'm one, too. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. You're not fat anymore. You're losing all sorts of weight. Man, I'm working. Felt. I'm working. Thank you. You need to get some Halloween candy, and uh, you'll be right back where you were. Well, I'm going to take out a loan to do that because, man, everything sucks under Joe Biden, mm-hmm. right? I heard Ethan singing his praises for going on Truth Social earlier today. but That's I'll, a pretty funny I'll troll. I'll take the uh, controversial <laughs> other side by saying Joe Biden sucks, <laughs> and everything about his administration is a train wreck, and now he's making Halloween brutal because of Bidenflation, mm-hmm. which I don't even think he knows is a thing. He just reads it off the prompter poorly, <laughs> and <laughs> now Halloween candy is more expensive. Yeah, 7.5% more expensive, so you do it up, don't you, Halloween? We are decoration people. Yeah. We do it up for Christmas, we do it up for Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got, you know, the decorations out there, a couple blow-ups in the yard, we got the orange lights, you know, we do the thing. So I like it. So I grew up in a house where we didn't celebrate Halloween. It wasn't like a thing. It was, uh, you know... Catholic, you're not allowed to celebrate Halloween. Same with Wait, Joe's but you witnesses. guys can drink all the time, but you yeah, don't celebrate Halloween. But it was it was chugging beers at a fish fry on Friday is fine, but somebody gives you a trick or treat Snickers bar, mm-hmm. that's where you draw the line. Yeah, Those are godless yeah. pagans, Jason. Exactly. That's that's the whole thing. Pagans, you can't celebrate that. Um, and Ethan had brought up that people are decorating for Christmas a month and a half. You know, okay, well, I would much rather celebrate Jesus's birth than uh, pagans, but anyway. Um, you're okay with it, with all of the growth of Halloween. Yeah, it's fun. Like, it makes the neighborhood look festive. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. There's nothing sure. worse than these really stodgy, like, homeowners association people. Oh, you better yeah. not have this. We don't deal with that crap where I live, yeah. right? So the neighborhood gets into it. Like, And I think kids come from other neighborhoods through our neighborhood because they know it's a fun place. You know, we got the scary music going. Mm-hmm. There's the decorations. 
we want Halloween to feel like it did when we were kids. Do you give out the full-size candy bar or are you doing the minis? So it's a little bit of both. <laughs> this year, depending if the crazy coupon lady can find the deals, we'll mm-hmm. do the full-size candy mm-hmm. bars. If not, if we get a good deal on the minis, we'll do that. But if we're giving out minis, we'll give you a couple of them. Okay, t- so it equals a full-size you candy bar. You get your candy's worth when you come knocking on the door of the Hammer House. <laughs> now You're not the, giving out a toothbrush, are you? No. <laughs> One time I got toast. Like as a kid. What? what? True story. I went trick-or-treating. I was probably like 10 years old, whatever it was, 9 years old. Mm-hmm. Knocked on the door trick-or-treat and this old dude i don't know if he ran out of candy or if he just you know lost his fastball like biden he put toast in my bag jason that was don't egg my house toast please don't egg my house toast like and it wasn't warm it was just bread there's no butter just thanks dude and- <laughs> now do you have a problem with the kids that come to the door knock on the door and they just have their bag out they don't even say trick or treat anymore I've done like, a wh- I figured that's the rule you at least have to say it yeah and you uh, have to be in costume right. none of this nonsense coming up in street clothes so I've done a 180 on that and I used to think like you Ethan but I'm a little bit older now and I think I'm a little bit wiser the way that I view it now <laughs> I live in Indianapolis if this kid's just knocking on my door asking for candy He's not breaking into somebody's house. He's not selling drugs down the street. He's not shooting somebody in a park. He's not selling fentanyl through the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Fine. If you just want to have some candy, my man, I will give you some candy. Oh, I'll probably give the burger eater a little candy. It's just I'll do so with judgment and disdain. (laughs) You would do that anyway. (laughs) And you're going to be standing there in your Wyatt Earp outfit like you have. Like, I love your, we've talked about this at a night with WIBC. You've got this like colonial hat that looks like something Wyatt Earp was buried in. This jacket that says, I may or may not have been the troublesome kid on the Bad News Bears. Who are you to give anybody criticism, Ethan? Hey, I live large and I live authentically. Those little booger eaters have yet to get life together. I do not want to hear it. Real quick before we uh, hit a break here. Yeah. I want to run something by you yeah. folks that we talked about yesterday. We do a segment called Am I a Horrible Person? Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's this woman in South Carolina and she really decorates for Halloween. Yeah. The blow-ups, the coffee the skeletons she goes all out it's like a tradition and the neighborhood kids love it so her neighbor co- goes over to her house you know knocks on the door hey there's a cancer diagnosis of somebody in our house seeing all these halloween decorations reminds us of death will you please take it down okay and the woman took all the decorations down. Am I a horrible person for thinking that's crappy of that family to ask to do that? Yeah, everybody's got their own issues. Deal with it, yeah. right? Yep. Nope. Right. Yep, you're totally right on that I'm one, Jason. sorry there's a diagnosis, and I wish Joe Biden would release that cure to cancer he's promised us. <laughs> but, come on, really? What do you have coming up today? Uh, there's a speaker vote, and yep. Tony Kennett will join us, and we got a lot going on. Fantastic. Thank you. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.